Disclaimer, the views and opinions and content expressed on this podcast is informational only, not a substitute for seeking a medical professional for your medical care and treatment. Hi, welcome back. Um, This is Siobhan Holiday, and I am the host of this podcast called Help Me Holiday. And with me today is my daughter, I am Courtney Bell, and I will be co-hosting this segment. And we thank you all for joining us again, and we're back to talk about another topic. Mm -hmm. Um, This topic is called atrial fibrillation. Atrial fibrillation. It's a big big name. It's a big name, and it's pretty concerning uh, because it's a dangerous type of heart rhythm. Mm-hmm. That um, that's commonly treated. We we see this quite often in the emergency room. We basically see it with the older population of people, but for uh, people who experience it, mm-hmm. um, it's a scary feeling. So, just briefly, I want to talk about what is atrial fibrillation. Basically, it's an irregular heart rhythm mm-hmm. that's uh, commonly treated, like I said, in elderly patients. One of the complications of it include blood clots. Mm -hmm. So the development of blood clots happen about 72 hours if this particular irregular rhythm is not dealt with. The medical name for it is thromboembolism. Thromboembolism. Mm -hmm. So, you know, I try to keep it simple because that's the the purpose of our show. We want to keep everything simple. Mm-hmm. But that's what it's called, thromboembolism, and it's basically a blood clot. Blood clots being made from the heart just beating so irregular and so fast that it tends to clot the blood. Mm-hmm. So one of the biggest side effects, like I said, with patients that's having this irregular rhythm, mm-hmm. a lot of them will say their heart is racing. It's racing really fast. It feels like it's pounding. It's skipping beats. What else could they complain of, Courtney? Possible chest tightness. Good, good. Pain, mm-hmm. discomfort, mm-hmm. lightheadedness. Yeah, they can feel lightheaded. Mm-hmm. Dizziness. Mm-hmm. Passing out is common. Yeah. Oh, yeah. As well as trouble breathing. Oh, yeah. Trouble breathing. Because can you imagine if your your heart is beating so fast? These rates are over 200 Mm-hmm. Beats you know, per so most the regular heart beats between 60 to 100 beats. Mm-hmm. So can you imagine if your heart is beating over 200 beats in a minute? It's most working twice yeah, as hard. It is working so hard. You can't even most people they are. They have some confusion. They're sweaty. You know, they're they're lightheaded. They feel like they're going to pass out. They're dizzy. So this isn't something that, you know, you would be able to sit at home and say, okay, I'm going to I'm going to go ahead and lay down and I'll take some aspirin. Mm -hmm. This is something when you feel this happening, you come to the emergency room immediately. You call 911. If you can't contact your primary care physician, you get somebody to bring you to the emergency room immediately. Mm -hmm. Because the only way we're going to diagnose this particular condition is with what we call an EKG. Mm-hmm. And if you've listened to our segments in the past, you know EKGs are basically a device that we use. And we put the electrodes, which are basically pads around your heart, and it, it gives us the waves. And those waves are able to tell us 
uh, how well the heart is functioning. It can tell us if this particular beat is happening, a particular condition is happening. It's very, very easy to diagnose mm-hmm. off of the EKG because it's literally showing us the waves are really, really fast on the EKG machine on the paper that it shows us. It's chaotic. So it's a chaotic type of look on the piece of paper. So we know you're definitely having this condition. Mm -hmm. We also know because after you tell us about some of the symptoms you're having, we can uh, basically come up with a diagnosis at that time. But we do order lab tests um, because we want to make sure, once again, we we need to check your your thyroid. We got to make sure we check tests uh, to see if you're dehydrated, to Mm -hmm. see if you're anemic. All of those blood tests that we order gives us an idea of what else could be happening. Um, We also do what's called the echocardiogram will tell us if uh, that patient is having any other type of problems with the heart. What else could be causing your heart to have this irregular beat? Some of the things that also that can be causing that is what? Some of these things could be hyperthyroidism, Mm -hmm. which is an issue with your thyroid. Exactly. Alcoholism Mm -hmm. or drinking irregular amounts. Mm Mm-hmm. Diabetes, if -hmm. it's out of control and you're not taking your medications or you don't know that you have diabetes Mm -hmm. and Mm -hmm. high blood pressure is another one. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Chronic obstructive pulmonary disease, which is commonly called called COPD. (laughs) Exactly. The smoker's disease. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Obesity as well as Uh, sleep apnea. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And underlying heart disease. So if you already have um, problems with plaque in your heart, throughout your your vessels and your heart, Mm -hmm. you're at high risk of having conditions where your heart is irregular and it's beating irregular. Um, Once we do diagnose uh, patients with atrial fibrillation, because like I said before, we can see this on the EKG. Mm -hmm. So what we typically do is call, once you're in the emergency room after we've done our examination, we, we do a a physical examination, we get a stethoscope, we're listening to your heart, even with just listening to your heart, we can Mm -hmm. see, we'll hear how fast it's beating Mm -hmm. and how irregular it's beating. Also with the the EKG, those are the the basic two things that we use to diagnose you. Once we get a diagnosis, we call a specialist called a cardiologist. Mm -hmm. And this particular specialist this is what he does he's a he is a expert in underlying heart conditions and treatment so we'll let him see you evaluate you and decide you know what's the best treatment for you but just to briefly go over what we're doing because the treatment is basically to slow that heart rate down that's the goal so we're going to just talk about a couple of the type of medications we use and also if we have to do use certain electrical devices mm-hmm. to get the heart to beat normally. So some of the medications that we use to actually slow the heart rate down, these are called what we call beta blockers. Mm-hmm. That's a big name uh, for medications that basically slow down the heart rate. Mm-hmm. And some of the medications that you may you know, be familiar with that you've heard of. We prescribe a lot called metoprolol, Mm -hmm. labetalol, Mm -hmm. atenolol. They end in O-L. Oh, yeah. O-L. That's always a a clue Mm -hmm. with, you know, pharmacists, pharmacology. That's that's how we know 
the group of medications that, that's used for these particular conditions. Mm-hmm. We look at the spelling and, you know, the ending of the names of the drugs, and we know all of, the, all of these drugs belong in the same class. So carvedilol, mm-hmm. metoprolol, mm-hmm. LOL, all of those are the same type of drugs, and they all do basically the same thing, slow down the heart rate. Uh, there's another class called calcium channel blockers. Um, all of them are blockers. They work differently mm-hmm. in the heart to pretty much have the same side effect. So verapamil, cardizem, digoxin, all of these uh, uh, medications that also we use to slow down the heart rate. We also use medications to give to help correct the rhythm. They're called antiarrhythmic drugs mm-hmm. that we give. Amarodian, Cetololol. We have one called Rhythmol. We give those because the rhythm is going so fast. We try to give those to help the rhythm go back to a normal rhythm. Mm-hmm. Sometimes it's not possible, but we still give these drugs in combination. Okay. Um, and lastly, we give medications for the blood clots. Flowers, if this, uh, if you're not treating this rhythm from um, causing damage, the person is going to start developing blood clots. So we give medications called anti-clotting medications. Mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. some examples would be blood thinners like Coumadin. Exactly. Or mm-hmm. Apaxaban. Apaxaban, yes. That's Eliquis is the other name for it. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Prodexa mm-hmm. is another one. Those are tablets that you could take. When you're in the ER, however, if you have to stay hospitalized, we put you, we put an IV in your arm mm-hmm. and we put you on a medication called heparin. Mm-hmm. So when you're in the emergency room, if the cardiologist says, hey, or the doctor who's taking care of you or the provider, and they say, hey, we're going to have to keep you, at least monitor you for like 24 hours, maybe. And we want to put you on heparin first. Heparin goes through your veins and it thins the blood out. And it also helps the prevention of new blood clots from being formed. Mm -hmm. So they'll put you on the heparin drip. And then over the next 24 to 48 hours, they start what they call bridging. And that is taking you from the IV blood thinner into a tablet that you can take. Mm-hmm. Once you're discharged. So those tablets are, like Courtney mentioned, Coumadin, which if you do go home on Coumadin, you will have to go into a clinic where they are making sure your blood isn't too thin. Mm-hmm. Because Coumadin, all of these blood thinners, because they are so... They're very effective. They're very effective. They're very potent. We have to make sure that the doses of it... Mm-hmm are just the right amount in your blood system so Mm -hmm. that your blood isn't too thin and you bleed to death, Mm -hmm. right? So that's the biggest thing with blood thinners. The newer blood thinners like Apixaban, Prodexa, Mm -hmm. we don't have to send you to a clinic to monitor how much is in your bloodstream because they don't have the higher risk that Coumadin have with the side effect. They have more side effects related to uh, if you have a bleed, it would be maybe in your stomach mm-hmm. or in your brain. But those aren't medications that have to be tested to see how thin your blood is. However, those are those type of medications will be covered 
at a, another time in another podcast series, and we'll go over those for people who just have questions that that's just not clear. Mm-hmm. But another option that's used with atrial fibrillation, if they're not giving you medications and blood thinners, they give a shock to the heart muscle. Mm-hmm. And it's a term that we call cardioversion where it's a small amount of electricity that's put on from one of the defibrillators that we put on your chest. And that's basically a machine. Will these shocks ever be given to a patient if they're awake? Yeah, we we do it while people are awake. But we we do, when we do give the shock, do it at such a a small amount Mm -hmm. of uh, electricity that the patient should be able to tolerate if they're not we do give them some medication to help mm-hmm. them relax. So, okay. you know, or put them to sleep while we're doing it. But most times, you know, they go into a specialty area mm-hmm. and a, a specialist will perform this called a interventional cardiologist. Mm-hmm. Um, he can do the either the cardioversion or it could be um, maybe one of the ER physicians in the in, inside of the emergency room uh, if you need it at that time. Um, and once again, if you're in the hospital um, and, and that provider feels as though you need to be admitted to the hospital, most times it's because of you having real bad symptoms. You know, you're saying, hey, I'm just, my, my blood pressure's low. Your blood pressure could be low. Your heart is just racing out of control. Mm-hmm. You're, you're very, you're having a lot of symptoms. If you're having a lot of symptoms, we're going to keep you in the hospital. As far as prevention, what to do and what you could do to try to, you know, lessen the, the problems, there's nothing really that you could do with uh, atrial fibrillation once you're diagnosed with that. Mm-hmm. That's just a condition. We don't know why it happens, but when it happens, we do have treatment for it. But we always tell patients to make sure they follow up with their primary providers, whether mm-hmm. it's the, the, a physician or a cardiologist. Once you've been diagnosed, you will definitely have to follow up with a cardiologist at least every year um, just to make sure you're on proper medication, the condition is being treated properly. Um, and also, we always just talk about your health as far as just making sure you take your medications as they're prescribed, you're watching your weight, you're doing physical activity, watching what you're eating and drinking, alcohol Mm -hmm. consumption, controlling your blood pressure, anything uh, you want to add to that, Courtney? Reducing the amount that you smoke could also help. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Making Mm -hmm. sure you you practice in lifestyle modifications, like eating healthy and exercising. Exactly. These are all really important. With anything that has to do with your health. Like I said before, some things we cannot alter or change. However, we can always optimize our health as much as as possible by doing things that's going to help you help you live longer. If you enjoyed this content, be sure to like, share and subscribe to Help Me Holiday on our social media platforms or email me with questions at helpmeholiday at gmail.com.